Hi, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kennedy Carman. Hurry up and save at the all-new R-Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R-Town Ford. They've got a license to talk. Shocking. Positively shocking. And the words are for your ears only. I think you got the point. Welcome to The Words Are Not Enough. On episode 24 of The Words Are Not Enough, Griffin and Brody are back on active service to discuss Bond 25's new title and how it stacks up to previous titles in the series. Good? Bad? Generic? We dive in. All this and more, including an important update on the future of the podcast, coming your way now. What is up, everyone, and welcome to The Words Are Not Enough, our James Bond podcast, where we break down everything regarding our favorite super spy, James Bond. I am one of your hosts, Griffin, 008 Schiller, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Brody, 005 Cerevelli. Brody, it has been several months. It has, it has. (laughs) Let me just tell you, I have had no time to record. (laughs) I had that one locked and loaded, ready to go. Yeah, there's your excuse. I've had no time to record. (laughs) Oh, woe is me. Do you get that that's a joke about the title? (laughs) Yes, I know. I get it's a joke. You've been making them nonstop since the title uh, was announced. Infamously, I think your one on Twitter that really got me was... It's no time to buy. Uh, there is no like time. That, like, yeah, because um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. too much context to explain there. But just go follow us at Twain Pod if you want to get the joke. Um, right. And if you're not following, <laughs> us on, on, if you're not following us on there, uh, thank you for not giving up on us. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, on yeah. The, genuinely. How, how very, very kind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very patient. And, and, right, right. And go figure that the first episode we do following our, our like brief hiatus, I am uh, sick. So that's that's great. I I love it. Excellent. Perfect timing, really. I know. Deliberately um, timed. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll just pretend you were death. Like, we'll cut all of this and we'll just pretend that you've been deathly ill the whole time and you're just recovering now. That yeah, way. Yeah, or we'll just <laughs> splice that in there. Um, the perfect plan. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, but to be fair, while we have been away, we have... We have conducted two interviews that we're going to be releasing for you guys, yeah. uh, which is going to be awesome. Now, obviously, if you clicked on this, you know we're going to be talking about the the title reveal for Bond 25. And this is really the the first bit. I mean, like, yeah, you can talk about the press announcement where they're like, Bond 25, here's the cast. That can be like the first official like opening of the floodgates. But to me, the title reveal is the first official opening the gates. The race is running like it. We're we're like we're going down the road now. None of that made any sense, but th- my, my point is this is really the start of, like, hard news, you know? Exactly, yeah, I completely know what you mean. This does sort of feel like a, a relaunch, almost. Yeah, 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 um, agree. We're, we're going to relaunch this podcast with, <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the relaunch. Of the but first. I mean, like, Anyways, just in terms of the I, film, though, like, the film itself feels a bit like a relaunch. The naming of the title, I should say. Yeah, sure, because um, we can now call it something, which we will get to in, in a little bit, but yeah. I do want to tease those two interviews we have coming up for you. Oh, yes. Um, we were able to conduct interviews with Danny Boyle, director Danny Boyle, who, um, back when he hmm, did... Where uh, I know that name ba- from? Right, right, Danny. <laughs> we, we've probably talked about him maybe a handful of times on this show, but... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to be coughing and like having these weird pauses all over the place because I'm I'm sick. But um, we we did talk to him 
a couple months back when uh, he released his film yesterday. And so while we did primarily talk about that film, we got a, like a nice chunk of maybe like 15, 20 minutes or so where we were able to talk to him about Bond in general. And not obviously he can't really say anything about what his involvement was like on the franchise. But, you know, we asked him about his favorite Bond novels, his relationship with with Bond and yeah. everything, and so that's, that's more of like a, a meditation on his fandom, which was, was right, nice. which is yeah. which is cool because if you don't know, Danny Boyle is first and foremost a fan of James Bond, which is one of the reasons why he was interested in taking on the project. But we not only have that interview coming up for you guys, but we also have an interview with the famous. Bond composer David Arnold the great Bond composer second only (laughs) to John Barry as I put it we got to speak with him for a little over or not a little over but just just short of an hour yeah Yeah, about an hour and uh, if you are interested we talked to him about his Emmy nomination for Good Omens we talked to him about uh, working on Sherlock and and a whole bunch of other stuff but then we finished up with probably a good 20-25 minutes worth of Bond stuff and and once again we talked about his uh, working relationship with the franchise him being a fan because he is first and foremost a fan so that was that was great now I'm not sure which (laughs) it really was surreal just being able to talk to him in such a, a conversational mm-hmm. way but I, I'm not sure which episode is is going to drop first Brody do you have the uh the lowdown on that uh what on street is it'll be David Arnold and then Danny Boyle that Perfect. is the so you have that, that is the, to look uh, the to. rumors that's what I'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what your laptop is telling you exactly yeah so that's what I mean whispered what I'm trying Perfect. to say <laughs> um yeah yeah, yeah no but absolutely. they're really they're really great interviews um it was just kind of a privilege to talk to Especially, I mean, like both of them, of, of course. But like, just to talk to David Arnold about the music was yeah, because it's it's one of those things that is just such a institution of these films, the films that you and I both like sort of became Bond fans with. So it yeah, it was it was crazy. It was really cool. Um, excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I think one of my favorite parts is when he asked, like, you know, what what was your first one? You know, yeah, because right? I mean, he he yeah. famously has always always talks about uh, you only live twice, but like you know, he went around and like it wasn't just like a one way conversation. Like threw he would it back, us, back yeah. with us. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you have that to look forward to um, in the coming days, maybe next week. Who knows? Uh, we don't really have a set schedule because we never adhere to one. So, <laughs> but uh, going no time off to of schedule, that, Griffin. No time to schedule. I know we really should get into that, but I do want to just like do a little bit of a housekeeping here. Uh, Brody, what what are our plans for the show going forward? Yeah, so um, in in all seriousness, we did talk about the hiatus a little bit, but um, really one of the main reasons, it just, I mean, for me especially, I was just, I mean, I was pretty busy with like school and then work over the summer, but um, just started to get a little burnt out, honestly, just like the rumors, because it, it felt like for a while we were just covering hearsay um which is obviously mm. one of the pitfalls of covering a film that was delayed and then also yeah <laughs> just didn't release anything and so yeah i just started to feel a little burnt out on the whole thing and then it was, i feel like we were doing a lot in each episode we were sort of doing a discussion and it was a, a little too much it was a yeah. lot yeah and it sort of it got to the point where mm. we were like we we're recording these two-hour episodes which is great but then when it came time to record another one you just, it was just so daunting it was like i don't want to have to put like three hours of my day aside when i have this to do and that sure and i mean like if it was my job that would be fine but this is sort of like this is a hobby for us and i guess where we've sort of come to on that is just make shorter episodes honestly that way we can make yeah. more and, and, more and palatable and, for you yeah all, more palatable sure for well. you guys and then more uh easier for us to keep the energy going and just like in terms of an episode i have like the one and a half two hour mark 
you start to get a little tired of talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, just about, so, you, get, you start to get tired of talking about nothing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so it just sort of, I, I think that's better for us. It makes better content. So we, yeah, we're going to try, try to like, basically, you know how we have segments in our regular show? Just basically turn those segments into their own little pieces of programming. So yeah. um, if you think of like the, our podcast feed as a channel, then we have various different shows on that channel. And so yeah. if there is no news, we won't talk about the news and we won't have to like dig up this. That's the other thing, all these Sun articles. It was at the point where all these Sun articles started really taking over the discourse in a really kind of toxic way, trashing the film, just really like it. And it was also unsubstantiated. And we had to cover it because we were like, well, we have a news show. We have to talk about this stuff. It's the only news. And right. it just sort of felt bad being part of that, like, megaphone, I guess. Not that our reach was selling, you know, papers for the sun, but you know what I mean. Like, um, right. just it being got, part it got of to that. a point where they, they were just, like, they didn't even want to cover them just because of the poor journalistic integrity of it. As Griffin, as you always say, like, the rumor mill, just being part of the rumor mill was just was yeah. starting to get taxing. But now, yeah, if we don't have any news, we just won't talk about the news. We'll, we'll just do, talk about we'll Bond, do, you we'll know? We'll do a discussion we'll just, episode. We might yeah. talk about one of the films. We might talk about, like, some weird question or, like, point of conversation i mean right basically what griffin and i's private conversations are like just that that is an episode which i feel was the original intention of this exactly this yeah. show but then it, we kind of got bogged down in just like some of the news stuff which i know you guys appreciate our, our you've reached out to us and you said you really appreciated the level-headed approach we take to this stuff and that's something that we we take very seriously we don't want to be like fueling the flame of these horrible rumors we want to give you our honest unbiased opinion really mm. of the situation i'm trying not to say fair and balanced because Jesus Christ, Fox News. Um, but <laughs> We're going to be the Fox uh, News of Bond podcast. God, oh, please take that out. No, I'm oh just kidding. God. But um, yeah, Anyways. no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, exactly. I, and we we really value that people value that about our show and we want to keep that up. So it was kind of... Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're still going to do the news stuff. It's still going to be a thing. We'll still have Rodrigo on if he has, like, you know, news to share Scoops or stuff, anyone yeah. who has news to share and he's willing Maybe to Maybe some other on. guests. That's, that's something yeah. else that I want to start doing is getting more guests on in general, which when we start talking about the films, I think that's something that we'll probably start doing. Absolutely, yeah. We had like, a bunch of ideas um, for, like, little shows and, I mean... Feel free to let us know in the comments or like on Twitter for or whatever sure. uh, what you guys think of these ideas because we're always, I mean, we're making this stuff for you guys. So, um, right. On yeah. top of the fact that we just enjoy doing it. Anyways. Of course. So like, yeah. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we have these conversations anyways. Might, might as well flip on a mic and uh, record it. Two of the two of the ideas we were sort of thrown around. One was sort of like a kind of what we've done with David Arnold and Danny Boyle already, you know, sort of like a, a like discussions with fans like who are involved in the series kind of uh just yeah. sort of talking about what drew them to bond what they like about bond is just like a celebration of of fandom i guess because there's a lot of negative stuff out there and i think that's it's, it's fun to talk to the fans about what they like because it's always different you know danny boyle oh, likes sure. different yeah, things yeah. to david arnold and i'm sure sam mendez likes different things too and you, you see it in their work but it's just it's fun to talk about so that was one idea basically and then another one that i was sort of toying around with was doing sort of a more infotainment kind of thing i don't know what the word for it would be just basically covering a lot of the old unused scripts because i was recently in contact with uh, university of iowa and if you don't know they have like in their special collections they have all of the richard maybom material basically all of his his writing material um but specifically his his james bond stuff and mm. so they have a lot of memos and treatments and drafts and what have you from all of his 
Bond work, including the stuff he worked on for films that he wasn't really too involved with in the final product. So things like The Spy Who Loved Me or Diamonds Are Forever or like early drafts of Octopussy, <laughs> stuff like that, where yeah. the final product doesn't really reflect the early incarnations of it. And so I think that'd be fun to sort of just go over those and break them down in a more analytical sense because it, it is hard to access this stuff. And I just think it'd be fun to talk about. And so that was something else that I was sort of mulling around. So those, those are just some of the ideas. We have like a list. I, at least I on my phone have a list of different projects that I'd like to do on this channel. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that was another thing that would make things more enjoyable for us and for you is just diversity in terms of the content we produce, like just different stuff. Yeah, um, sure. So it gets less monotonous. But anyway, yeah, yeah I've rambled enough. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's basically just our little uh, update on, you know, what's been going on, what our plans are going forward, the kind of stuff that you can kind of expect from us. So uh, hopefully you all enjoy that. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if we're going to have a set schedule or whatnot, but maybe like every other week or something like that or, or, or who knows. But I don't want to make any promises because you know how that we are with that shit. Um <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the main topic of today, and that is the title reveal for Bond 25. So on, uh, what was it, uh, Tuesday? Was it Tuesday or Monday? It had to be Tuesday because it was my first day of class. So yesterday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, so it, it was um, Tuesday the 20th. We got That's right, because the, all, all the fucking movie news was going crazy all at once. It was <laughs> yeah. like Bond started, then it was like Spider-Man's no longer in the MCU, and then The Matrix 4, which got buried over everything. So yeah, on uh, Tuesday, August 20th, uh, we got the official title for Bond 25. We no longer have to call it Bond 25. We can it's gonna be call hard to it, shake that, man. <laughs> I know. I'm still going to refer to it as that. But we can officially call it No Time to Die. This is uh, coming from Eon and MGM and like the official Bond social media accounts. It's out there. It was released and... It got a lot of positive reception, which I was happy about. Uh, when I yeah. first saw the title, I was a little concerned that some people might not take to it quite well, uh, especially with the with the font too. It's it's really quite a bit of a throwback, and I know fans of the series will probably like that. But how was the the general movie going audience going to receive it? And uh, based off of my Twitter feed and based off of just like other people I've talked to, everyone's been super positive. And I couldn't be happier. They even really like the the throwback font they're using, uh, which I think is it's either like Future Bold or, or Futura Bold. Do you have the exact uh, name of the font? I don't. Okay, I, I looked around for it before we started, but I, I sort of stopped looking. <laughs> but okay. um, it's one of those. Yeah, it's like a really old. I know it was made in like 1928. Right. So I remember reading that all over the internet. But um, I was genuinely surprised by how positive. I mean, maybe it's just because there have been so many people down on this. Maybe because of the lack of news, really, and then like all the mishaps in the production, like the beginning of the production, people were getting very, very bitter. And yeah, this kind of reminded me of like how many people outside of like the hardcore fans are James Bond fans. Because it, it was sort of one of those things like on the James Bond feed, I get all the hardcore fans, like everyone like who usually yeah, talks about yeah. Bond regardless of but, the fact that there's news. But like on my main Twitter account, like just regular people who are like oh yeah i can't wait for this like and i'm like oh yeah like most people like these films there's a reason they're like super popular <laughs> like and so yeah. it was really cool to see people just sort of being like oh hell yeah i'll, I'll go see that that sounds awesome um yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just in, in in more so than that it wasn't just like a flippant kind of thing it was like people were talking about it people were like Does oh yeah this title was sound like a bond title and like yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, just I, I I quickly looked that up while you went. It is Futura Black, uh, mm -hmm. which is 
it's cool. It, I mean, it just it just immediately took me back to like the the DVD covers of From Russia with Love, yeah. uh, and all that stuff. I mean, it feels very steeped in that kind of like Cold War, honestly. Uh, yeah, espionage culture. It, to me, it looks like one of those airport thrillers like um oh yeah yeah for like, sure like yeah. that you'd find like like an old one yeah which is great i mean like people like to really miss that sometimes but that's what james bond is that's what the novels were anyway they're, they're yeah. like little tiny little thrillers 300 400 page terse thrillers and yeah for sure this yeah. just yeah it, it had like a hitchcockian bent to it I, yeah it's great mm. Um, oh, it was awesome. Um, and well, and I guess the big thing about this reveal was that I, I mean, like, you know, I have friends who aren't even like big into movie news who like when they saw this uh, announcement, they were like retweeting it or, or like reposting it on Facebook. People who just like really enjoy these movies who aren't hardcore film fans and like to be able to take a step back and just see that, oh, people do care about this franchise still. People are yeah. really excited for this because I mean, this really is for a lot of people the first official announcement i mean no one really cares about i mean like we care about casting but that's once again this is for more hardcore fans uh people who really pay attention to this stuff but this like this is the it's the official announcement you've got daniel craig walking out which is awesome mm-hmm. uh and then it just kind of like zooms out and you get the uh no time to die font um some people have said that they were a little uh miffed that it didn't do the 007 thing like they have been for like some of the past Craig films, uh, I think in like uh, Quantum and, and Casino, Casino Royale, yeah. uh, which that, that would, it's a cool idea. I don't think it's necessary. Some people I think are, are reading a little bit too much into that. I don't think the title design really has any bearing on no. what the film is going to be. But yeah, and then some of the, the cool uh, just like fan posters that have been going around with it, uh, basically taking the, the still that was released of Daniel Craig against the Aston Martin and just like uh, mm. imposing the uh, no, no Time to Die on it. It just, it looks really cool. And it's so distinct and different from any other Craig uh, title that we've gotten thus far. Not not just in terms of just like title, like the name wise, but also in terms of design wise. Now, I, granted, this may not be the final design of the title. This could just be a working design. I don't, I don't think that that's unreasonable to assume that. Mm-hmm. But if this is what they go for, I think it's making a statement that this is going to be a different Craig film than what we have seen uh, thus far. And so by doing such a throwback title, by doing such a throwback design, I think we know where Kerry Fukunaga's head is at. He's hearkening back to the films that he sort of fell in love with, specifically A View to a Kill, which he's mentioned as being the film that really got him into the franchise. And so maybe we'll get a little bit of that, uh, you know, Roger Moore 70s uh, political, maybe not political, but just like espionage thriller sort of thing, maybe just without the camp in it. Mm -hmm. So... While I don't think you can really discern much about what the movie is going to be about, I mean, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later on, where we're gonna like dive ridiculously <laughs> deep, we put our tinfoil hats on here for a second. Firmly um, fixed. <laughs> I, I do think it does give me some sort of indication as to how different this is going to be, and and how hard Kerry uh, Fukunaga, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Scott Z. Burns and you know I'll even throw in Purvis and Wade in there for a little bit. Uh, how hard they, how hard they've been working to nice of you to throw make, in the bone, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, to make Craig's final film topical, relevant yet, you know, lean into the mythology of Bond, lean into what people love 
about this franchise. That's what I'm getting from everything, from the behind the scenes. This, this is actually kind of a great segue into just like the production of this film in general. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a great it's it's been great seeing these production stills, seeing that little promo video they threw out there, seeing the title, seeing the poster, everything that I'm seeing from this movie is embracing the Bond mythology, which I think a lot of people were afraid of in 2019. They were like, can Bond survive in this era that we're in right now, given given his past? And the one thing that the Bond films have always done, and they've always done well, is they've adapted to modern times. Bond has remained the same, but the films and what they try to tackle and their relevancy, you know, has always been in line with the, the the global politics of the world. And so while we're getting these great aesthetic things, we're getting Felix back in here, we're getting Bond in, we're getting Daniel Craig in fucking Thunderball gear for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, we're getting Jamaica again. There's some changes that are going to happen. We've got uh, Lashana Lynch, who's going to be the new 007 after Craig has retired from the service. And so like, that is just an example, but we, we're getting these little inklings of and a rumor of, still, but yeah, right, right. I, well, I, it's basically I, confirmed, but yeah, it is, ba- it is, yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. Um, doing our due diligence, you know, it's not hundred <laughs> percent confirmed, but it is. Yeah, uh, you know, we're getting waltz back in the film, uh, and stuff like that. Rumor, but yeah. <laughs> well, we yeah. hey, we have that. Uh, we broke that, um, so yeah, right. <laughs> we um, we can't anyways, trust but um, what I'm saying is, is that it's great to see a series not ashamed of its past, unafraid of its past, but willing to embrace it for what it is, take the parts that work and adapt for a modern era. And and knowing how Kerry Fukunaga feels about these films, I know we're going to get something very, very special. And I think the title and the design of it alludes to that. I know that was a very yeah. long-winded answer, oh, no, but that but was I, really just kind of my train of thought when I started seeing all of this stuff. Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, I, I want to echo those sentiments as well because... I think you sort of, t- when you talk about the mythology of it, I think you really touched on something that resonated with me when I first saw it. And when I just based on like everything we've seen from this film, it seems like if this is the end of the Craig era, as they're saying it is, and it probably will be, it feels like the perfect marriage of, I guess, the two phases of his era. You've got like the Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, like more hard edge. And then you've got this, yeah, like, like like breaking free of the 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 nonsense that was dying another day, starting yeah. new. Doing and then you've something got the and yeah. then you've got like the Mendez stuff, which is very steeped in like in theme and mythology and, and yeah, just like meta text. I mean, and, I, I, well, I I just rewatched Skyfall, and we were saying like this is a mainstream art house film mm-hmm. that is you know, disguised as a Bond movie. And also like just it, like it, it, action still, packed somehow. <laughs> right, it still blows my mind that that film exists. It should not exist. And yeah, it should, seriously. And it should, be, it should not be uh, as good as it is, yet it is. And, and that's, is. that's a discussion for a later point in time, but I, I think you're right, where it, we do have these sort of um, milestones in terms of Craig's era, you know. And this and this feels like the marriage of that. Like, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing like a, a return to form in terms of like the, the, the disruption of those first two Craig films and then marrying that disruption with the mythology that Mendez brought back in in his two films and just yeah. finding that happy medium where it's like you've got I don't know I don't know how to describe it because this feels like that Carrie Fukunaga has said he wants to make this a resolution to the Craig films and, and, and harken back to like Casino Royale and bring it full circle and all that sort of thing yeah. and so I totally without having like seen actual footage yet just like, like stills and stuff like that this just feels like Casino Royale Craig in 
a Mendez film with a bit more of that, like, sort of... It's it's a little more pulpy than... It, it looks like it's going to be a little more pulpy than at least the last two have been. Um, and so, right. I, I, basically, what I'm getting at is, is Craig is going to get his definitive... I mean, everyone says, like, every new James Bond film is his classic. Like, you know, Skyfall was his classic. And I don't know how many people said that about Spectre. But, <laughs> I mean, but, but Spectre is definitely hearkening back to the classic, you know, sort of aesthetic of Bond. Sure, but, sure. Uh, I, it is, I but it is still doing I, something different. But this feels like it's going to be, like, him doing You Only Live Twice. I was literally about to say that. If, if Skyfall is his Goldfinger, which it definitely is, this <laughs> this this seems like it's going to be his You Only Live Twice. Yeah. There are so many parallels that can be made between Connery and Craig, and, and oh, they've already yeah. been made before. Even Spectre really can be compared to Thunderball in a sense. Now, I think oh, Thunderball's 100%. a much better film. I think Thunderball's oh, yeah. a much better film, but I think that in terms of what's going on... Um, yeah. The scope of it and how it's it's a little bit more mellow than what came before and certainly more mellow than what's going to come next. At least I assume so. Right, uh, yeah. It kind of fits in that fourth slot. And then I think, you know, much like Connery went out with a bang, I think Connery or Craig is going to go out. Uh, with a bang but the difference is he's going to enjoy the way he goes out as opposed to how Connery went out although right. although Connery, he's, I mean, he's, you know, he's that, actually going to go out instead of just like right, going out and then of, coming back and then going out and coming back yeah yeah we're not yeah. going to bring up diamonds are forever uh but uh yeah no I, I, yeah. I totally I think this is this just has all the hallmarks of a and when I say classic because I mean I, Skyfall is a classic as far as I'm concerned it is but yeah. I mean in terms of like we're doing a very straightforward, like sort of end of the world kind of stop the supervillain plot here, which Skyfall right. didn't really do. Skyfall has more of a, a personal it's, it's a, driven. It's a character piece. It's yes, more focused exactly, yeah. on, on the, the the people. And yeah, Silva's trying to kill these uh these sleeper agents, or not sleeper agents, but just these undercover like these embedded agents. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, more of like agents, I mean, the, the fact that like. One, that gets resolved halfway through the film, basically. Right, and, th- and that's not that's not his scheme. You know, he's doing it yeah. to draw attention to himself and to get back at M. And to get M, exactly. And so, like, yeah, yeah while well, the film definitely a classic, it is not, uh, I guess, in the mold of, like, the, the formula, I guess. This feels like it's going to be the revival of the Bond formula. Right, um, which, in, it, when, when we're seeing stuff like Kingsman that embraces that ridiculousness, um... And is definitely more of a tongue-in-cheek sort of take on it. I feel like Bond can get a little bit more comfortable in doing some stuff like that, in being, uh, in going to that next level and being honestly, absurd, yeah, I, I with, think especially with stuff like now. No, this is this is a very crude comparison, but stuff like, like Hobbs and Shaw that's doing very well. That's just ridiculously over the top. Stuff like Mission Impossible that is pushing the bar in terms of just ridiculous stunts. They shouldn't be afraid, you know, to quote Tom Hardy, shouldn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, seriously, I think I think um, you talk about Casino Royale and all that being a reaction to, to Dine of the Day, and it is big time. But I also think we sort of tend to forget how much the Craig films have done to rehabilitate the Bond, like, I guess, formula, because, I mean, there was a trilogy of parody films, the Austin Powers films in the late 90s, yeah. That completely tore apart and like dismantled every little trope of Bond. And they did it, I mean, Mike Myers did it in an affectionate way, but what it did inadvertently is sort of make Bond very antiquated, at least the classic 
you know oh sure bond. yeah and so and then and then you, you come out with something like die another day right which basically it's just like confirms. you're playing right into it you're exactly, playing in their yeah. hands yeah and so you basically you're basically saying yeah we're exactly the thing you're parodying and so casino royale was like that palette cleanse and then like quantum of solace and skyfall it's, it's been basically just reintroducing all of these elements not because they went away because of diamonds die another day which i mean it's a part of it but i think just in terms of the popular culture these things were farcical at this point like the evil oh, villain were. like blowfell yeah. with his scar on his face and the cat like yeah. i mean that was it was beyond the joke at, at a certain point and not not because it's corny or bad just because it had become so ingrained in culture that the inherent absurdity of it sort of started to become apparently like wait a minute that is very odd and 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 then austin powers comes along and points out like isn't this strange like this is yeah. like cool to us and I think yeah, the Craig films have sort of been getting like rehabilitating all of these ideas. Um, yeah, granted, although, they did they did literally make Bond and Blofeld. Although they did yeah, they did inadvertently crib an idea from Austin Powers. But to be um, to be fair, I, if that's the worst thing that they're that they're you know cribbing from it, then it, I, I think right. it, it, we're we're okay. But it, it seems, seems like, like yeah, right it seems wrongs. like now that we're at no time to die, we're finally at a point now where it's like. Because and, and yeah, like 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 you look at like all these films like you've spoken about, um, like Kingsman, like Mission Impossible, where they've basically done the Bond thing, just sort of done it in a way that is serious enough that it wasn't parody. I mean, Kingsman rides the line of parody, but it does it in, in a way. Kingsman's like satire without going over the line. You know? Yeah, because because Kingsman is ridiculous and it does absurd things, but it doesn't do it in the same way that Austin Powers does, where it's like it's not winking at the camera. It's sort of like. We're going to do the silly thing. Yes, exactly. We're going to do a silly thing, but we're going to make it awesome. You know what I mean? Like like all the action scenes in Kingsman aren't like, they're actual action scenes. They're actual set pieces. And so, um, and then Mission Impossible, they they basically made the whole, like, we're going to steal nuclear arms and all that. They they did that, which is a Bond trope. And it sort of has shown us that the popular culture is ready to accept these things as serious again, instead of thinking of them as a a joke. Like, like the $1 million, like, like no one's making those jokes anymore. And so now Bond can finally return to the territory that it helped, like, sort of establish. Um, and that, I think, is going to be No Time to Die, uh, in terms of just, this is going to be, like, that kind of Bond film. I think we're ready for that kind of Bond film again. Yeah. We sort of got burnt out on it. I, in just ignoring all the other stuff, like the Austin Powers stuff, I think just, I was thinking about this today. <laughs> Every Brosnan film is basically this, like, villain has super weapon, then threatens like to use it and then don stops them and that i mean yeah. and when you think of the craig films i mean they do have their own tropes in terms of like like bond going rogue and all that sort of stuff but it, they haven't done that in a while so now that like, it looks like another sorry uh, i know i said another way to die um <laughs> <laughs> i know like, i've made that mistake a few times myself yeah no time to die uh, it looks like it. Yeah, we're gonna get like the super villain with his super weapon kind of thing going on, like you know, deadly new technology and all that. But right. we can do it now without it being boring because it's been 14 years, so it's fresh again. I should say. Yeah. I'm sort yeah. of like just rambling here, but I mean, uh, I haven't even no, spoken I, about I the. Do, I haven't even I spoken about the title saying. itself. Yeah. But uh, the title yeah, itself yeah. Uh, is is awesome. <laughs> I mean, you pretty yeah. much covered all that, but uh, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, the yeah. reaction to this title. But there are some detractors who think it's a bit, you know, generic, a bit sort of Bond title blender. What, what are your thoughts on that, Griffin? What do you think of um, that? <laughs> I'm going to echo what you said on the Twain account, and that is I can't make a decision on that until I've seen the film because yeah. it's the context of the film that determines 
I guess the quality of the title. If you you know, I know I understand it's probably 100%. like yeah. some people can make their mind up it on mind up on it already, and it does feel very Fleming esque. I, I get some people are like, oh, it sounds like tomorrow never dies and the world is not enough and die another day just because the word die is in it. But right, like, yeah. if we're being honest, I don't really think it's that generic it's it's just very bondian in in its approach and once it again it sounds good going, i mean that's like the yeah, one thing we can go off of and it does sound sure. good it sounds like a bond title right um, and once again if if this film is going to be hearkening back to you know embracing the legacy of the series while making some changes then yeah i think the title really encapsulates that also yeah. i just want to set the record straight Tomorrow Never Dies is a fucking awesome name. I don't <laughs> care if it makes no sense. It's awesome. I yeah. mean, yeah, Tomorrow Never Lies would have been cool because it's like, oh, it actually makes sense because tomorrow lies. But like, you know, Elliot Carver, you could you could read too much into it and be like, Elliot Carver's refusal to let his media mogul die is what that is what that title represents. Oh my. And so I <laughs> love the title Tomorrow Never Dies. And you know what? I like the world is not enough either. Wow. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Wow. Die another day. I can I can take it or leave it. But I do like those two titles. I I mean I don't hate them. I think it's just because they've as long as I've been a fan, they've just always been there. So it's kind of hard to say they're bad. I think uh, my metric when it comes to I'm I'm, I'm kind of really a hard sell when it comes to Bond titles, which is I guess surprising. It just surprises even me. But right. I think, yeah, it, it really comes down to what you were talking about and what I was talking about on Twitter. It was, it was the context. Like, I think a, there, there are a lot of, like, even the, some of the Fleming titles that just because they've changed what the story is about in the adaption kind of don't make any sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, you've got, like, A View to a Kill. I love the title, but it doesn't really have anything to do with that film. And you could put it on any film. And it just became more egregious in the Brosnan era because they were making them up. And so they didn't have that 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 legacy or that um I mean Fleming just had a way with these titles. Also, but I'll throw I, this I, oh, out yep. there. I'll throw this out there. Quantum of Solace is not as bad of a title as people Quantum think. Quantum of Solace is. is my favorite Craig era title. It's a great title. It's a great title. Especially when you read into the meaning of it. Right. I mean it's like it's like, it's like literally all you have to do is just think about what does quantum mean? What does, what does solace, solace mean? mean? Hmm. What is Bond's solace. arc throughout that film? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. What's? Well, I mean, if you read the short story as well, it's it perfect. really, it really uh, suits what that film is about. I think they chose yeah. that title very, uh, very well and purposefully. Yeah. But see, the thing is, my thing is, my problem with Tomorrow Never Dies, not Tomorrow Never Dies, um, The World Is Not Enough as a title is that. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Bond says it once in the film, <laughs> and then basically he says it to justify the title existing. Because, I mean, it's his family motto, which is cool. It's cool to got a Fleming connection. It has a cool ring to it. It does sound like a Bond villain's motto. I think it works when you look at it from Electra's perspective. Well, I agree. I think that's true. But here are my two problems with that. First, it's Bond's family motto, not Electra's. So it's like, why are we using that? to describe Electra when it is very much linked to Bond. I mean, it would have been fine if, like, Bond's lineage had come into it in the same way that, like, the film is very steeped in the King family. If the Bond family had sort of factored into it in some kind of meaningful way, not even, like, plot-wise, just thematically, it would have been fine. But it doesn't come up at all other than, like, a quip from Bond. And then my second issue is, like, you could use that to describe any Bond villain. The world is not enough. That is basically 
every it's the same old dream you know literally uh every almost every bond villain the world is not enough right like so I don't know how it could... I, I have a hard time saying, yeah, that's specifically about Electra because it's like, it could be about fucking Elliot Carver. It could be about Gustav Graves. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. I mean, that's just my problem with it. I think... Uh, uh, this is controversial, but it's my least favorite Bond title. <laughs> uh, For that reason. I get your, I get your reasoning. <laughs> uh, but I mean... I mean, Dino of the Day I'm is just gonna... generic, but... And that's another one where you... Dino of the Day would have made a great title for The World Is Not Enough because Renard will die another day. Oh, maybe just switch those two and it would have made more sense for Gustav Graves because the world truly was not enough for him. He needed to go to the sun. He needed to be two people. <laughs> he needed to be two people. Oh, but, um, man. But okay. anyway, yeah. So Anyways, like, we have gone off on a I don't tangent think, here. But let's, I don't let's, think let's No Time to Die... Real I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't think No Time to Die is generic in that way. No. I, at least I don't think it will be based on what we know about the film or we think we know. Just in terms of this being like uh, metatextually, I think there was, a, there was a really good article that I was just talking about before we started by um, was it uh, Scott Mendelson at Forbes, where yeah. he sort of breaks down what the metatext behind the title could be referring to. And for my money, I think he's got it. I think that's really, it, 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 I mean, people are going to say it's wanky because Skyfall did it as well, but like, this idea of like reaffirming Bond's place in the world. But I think this last decade has been such a tumultuous time of change. Um, that, oh, yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with it. Right, yeah. Bond, Bond needing to reaffirm his place in the world more than once is kind of important, I think. You think you, you, you can't just say, oh, Skyfall was the one where they adapted and that's it. That's the end of it. It's a yeah. gradual process. You've got to like really make sure the, the I mean, character... I they did it in GoldenEye, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, GoldenEye is probably one of the most transformative films in the entire series, even more so than Skyfall or Casino Royale, in sure. my opinion. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, it is just a foundational shift for that series that we're still, like, sort of in that era now. But anyway, yeah, sorry, you were going to say? No, I, I think it's... I mean, you can look at it as kind of like a call to stand up for your beliefs in the world, even. I mean, this is taking into a completely other direction but just given like the the state of things i mean it's no time to roll over and die you gotta fight for exactly fucking, yeah you know justice in the world i mean that's you know that's me drawing some ridiculous uh oh no for sure societal, i mean in this like, in this movie bond is retired it. and he has to come back he has yeah. to find a reason to come back and and you can find a it, reason to fight yeah. you know so i think yeah. you're on the money with that yeah yeah absolutely it's and so um, that's that's kind of how I've looked at it. I mean, you can look at it in a bunch of different ways. If the if the title gets dropped in the film, who do you think says it? Bond, the villain, or Felix, <laughs> or Madeline? <laughs> God, I hope it's fucking Felix. I hope it's Felix, dude. Me too. That, him having to go to Jamaica and literally like you see Bond, Bond like just, no time you know, to sipping die. on Mar- he's sipping on margaritas or whatnot. It you know re- relaxing by the pool or something like yeah. that. Felix goes up to him and like Craig's like, nah, I'm not. Ta- I'm not having this, man. I'm done, dude. You deal with it. And then like they go out later and he's like, God damn it, Bond. This is no time to die. <laughs> <laughs> And I just made Felix like a total Southerner. No idea why. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, anyways, no, I, I really hope it does come from Felix. If not Felix, then um, either Lashana Lynch or Madeline. Okay, yeah. I, I think it's going to be Felix. I think it's going to be basically one of the things that Felix says to Bond. To Like Bond's going to be like drinking himself to death in Jamaica. And he's like, you know, yeah. this is no time to die. We need James yeah, Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do you, um, think, do you think they actually dropped the title in the, in the film? 
I, I kind of hope they do. I kind of love that. I I'm, one of those, they do too. I'm one of those suckers who loves that. Um, oh, I do. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's funny. It's, I mean, it would have been really funny if they tried to do it in Quantum of Solace. Like, <laughs> <can> <laughs> well, they called the organization Quantum. He's so. like, yeah. Actually, like, I'm pretty sure they do. They don't say Quantum of Solace, though. Are you sure about that? No, there's no way. Is it just there's Quantum? Ab- no, nah, they say Quantum a lot, but I, I okay. mean... I, it would have been great if Emmett said it, like at the end, like like, did you find your quantum of solace? Uh, um, <laughs> God, that would have been. I think that would have ruined the moment personally. But. Oh no, it would have destroyed it. But it would have yeah, been yeah, cheesy yeah. and great. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I I kind of hope they do drop it in the movie, and I hope it's Felix. But I could also see James saying it to the villain as well. I could see him saying like, "It's no time to die," and it's like, and then he kills him. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the villain, perfect segue. Perfect Thank Connery you. quip. Perfect Connery segue. Um, <laughs> some people have been digging a little bit too deep into this this title, and they seem to think oh, that boy. no in the title is referring oh. to Doctor No, uh, you know, infamous <laughs> villain from uh, 1962's uh, Doctor No. Oh, next, uh, you'll tell me that like No Time to Goldfinger is going to have gold. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, some people are speculating that. Uh, Rami Malek may be playing some updated version of the famous Bond villain, Dr. No, uh, which, mm. you know, this is, I, I don't know how, how on earth you can draw that from, that draw I that conclusion from the from. title. I think maybe he um, just has like a similar kind of weird... There's, Affect, there's, there's like that. The, there's the fact that it's shooting in Jamaica. There's yeah. the fact that I guess no is in the title. I but we, that was only I yesterday, really though. People have been rumoring this for ages. No, I, I don't know I, where it yeah, came from, though. Like, yeah, I genuinely I don't, don't understand. Right, right. As opposed to something like Spectre, where after like the second trailer, they were like, oh, this is... Or, or after the first trailer, they were like, oh, this is going to be an updated version of Majesties because they use the Majesty song in the trailer, which even myself, I was a little bit guilty of. I was like, oh, are they kind of doing that sort of thing? At least you were um, going off of something, yeah. At least I had something to go off of. I don't see anything here that can really justify saying Rami Malek's going to be Dr. No... And this film is going to be Doctor No, but in modern times, that that just that feels a bit weird, and it doesn't seem like something Kerry Fukunaga would want to do. Kerry Fukunaga is a director who wants to put his own stamp on something. He's not someone who's going to go in there and remake, uh, you know, anything. I mean, granted, he was attached to the It remake for a period of time, but that's an adaptation of a book, not necessarily like a remake. So, yeah. um. Yeah, I, I can't see Kerry Fukunaga agreeing to do this if he wanted to do Dr. No 2.0. And so to me, it makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't make any... I think it's just... Yeah, I, I think... The only reason I can think of it being like a thing is because they think, oh, Spectre's coming back. They brought Blofeld back. They might bring back another member of Spectre. Oh, Dr. No, that would be interesting. Doesn't Rami Malek kind of look like Joseph villains, Wiseman in his, in his makeup, you know? Yeah. Like... like I, I honestly, I think he will be a new villain. I think it's like a... I feel I feel stu- I want to say a hundred percent chance. I think there's a hundred percent chance he is not Doctor No. Um, I'll fucking echo you. I think it's a hundred percent chance he's play he's playing like some sort of like scientist or something like that, right? I think no. I think there's a difference. There's a scientist in the film, and I think the villain is someone else based on. Okay, the, so I well, think, he's probably some like like biochemical terrorist or something like that. Like I want him to be like some sort of like public figure. I I like maybe like a, a businessman or like yeah, like just a, a politician or something. I could see him being something like right. that, or just yeah, just like someone who's known to the public. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the Dino of the Day vibes I'm getting, which then give yeah. me Moonraker vibes, like the the book Moonraker. If they finally, finally get the Hugo Drax 
like not literally Hugo Drax, but like that characterization from the novels. If they do that right this time, I swear to God. Yeah, uh, that'd be, be so that'd be happy. pretty cool. Uh, but, um, I'd be I'd be keen. But but yeah, I think um, I think he's gonna be someone completely different. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't know where people are getting this from, but I also don't know why anyone would want that. Do we really want to recycle through all of the old no, villains? Like, we're going to get Doc, we like we're gonna get Goldfinger next? We're going to get, like... I it, mean, it also completely goes against our idea... Not, not just our ideology, but the, the direction in which this film seems to be going, which is embracing the old, but moving forward into new territory, you know? Yeah, exactly. And there, I mean, there's only so much of the old you can embrace. Yeah, yeah. by literally recycling a villain who isn't Blofeld, by the way. I think I think having Blofeld return is fine. That's that's okay. He's he's like the arch nemesis. It's like it's like reusing like the Joker or something. Right, exactly. I mean, he's been reused so many times with it, like within the classic canon, I guess. Um, yeah. He's really the only villain to recur in the novels. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that he would be a ever... Pre- yeah, he is the arch nemesis. It makes sense for him to be an ever-present kind of threat. Right. Yeah, Dr. No. I mean, Dr. No had a literal fucking film named after him. He doesn't need to come back. <laughs> he doesn't need... <laughs> we don't need to redo him. Plus, yeah. it's a good movie. So, uh, yeah. just go watch the original 1962 film. There you uh, go. Okay, exactly. so before we close out here, I think we do have one more bit we want to touch on, which is which is going to be a little bit of fun. It's actually really just because I want to hear what you have to say, Brody, because <laughs> I, I genuinely have no idea what you're about to say, and I, I don't want to imagine what you're oh, going to boy. say. So if you can let everyone know what you're about to say. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, I was, I was basically talking about um, now that we have a title, and we sort of have a vague idea of what the film might be about and like we've got little snippets of things that might like set pieces and locations and characters and all that <laughs> i was just thinking what is the worst case scenario like what is the of all of the elements that we know or we think we know about um no time to die what is the worst possible product of all of those like like elements because <laughs> i think that's just kind of fun um yeah. to think about and also i mean there's no way the film is going to be as bad as our worst case scenario so it might actually be like a a nice calming exercise oh um, for sure (laughs) Uh, when when you mentioned that to me i was just like worst case scenario it's marginally better than specter (laughs) i i i didn't dream much bigger than that because i really can't imagine a film in this era that that is worse than specter well let me blow your fucking mind um okay the worst case scenario now is that I say something and then someone runs with it and it becomes like an actual rumor. Good. So I, wanna, I, hope I, wanna, it, I hope that happens. <laughs> I want to start off by saying I have absolutely no evidence. This we have an inside source that yes. this is actually <laughs> the direction No Time to Die is heading. Yeah. yeah a close personal friend of Phoebe Waller-Bridge told us. Yep. Well, actually told a cousin who told their friend who told us. But anyway... <laughs> my worst case scenario is jumping off of the Dr. No thing. What if Rami Malek is playing Dr. No, right? But it's not a rebooted Dr. No. It's the actual, the same Dr. No that Joseph <laughs> Wiseman played. And he's playing him because he's using genetic technology to make himself perpetually youthful. <laughs> How has and, he survived and, since 1962, man? Well, he's been using genetic technology, a, a dangerous new technology, you might I even say. he melted in radioactive that's water. That's why well, he, was, he was badly scarred by that, but not... <laughs> That's why he opened himself up to genetic it's, it's testing. Like, uh, it's like what what's the name? Derek Powers from Batman Beyond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it gets worse, Griffin. It gets worse because James Bond is the same James Bond from back then. They've been using secretly been using genetic technology to reboot him. 
you might say, every couple of decades. <laughs> and they're all it's, connected. And they're, they're all, all connected. connected. It's all one big continuity. Like it's it, this is this is the the, the the Craig era continuity swallowing everything. It's been the same James Bond the whole time. And they've just been just rebooting him with genetic manufacturing, essentially. Well, how so has then, Blofeld gotten younger over the years? Well, I haven't thought that part through. <laughs> but, um, plastic surgery, let's just go with plastic surgery. He, he somehow has access to the same exactly, genetic yeah. altering well, if technology. Dr. No, if Dr. No has access to it, Blofeld's a no-brainer. Do you, th- do you think Dr. No is the kind of guy who's going to share the, his, his youthful secrets? I mean, he's, he's a member of Spectre. And I think he's gone rogue at this point, man. He's I? gunning. I think I think he's gunning <laughs> for Blofeld, and Craig has to save Blofeld. Or, or it could be worse. It could be that Bond has no access to the genetic thing, but this is still the Doctor No from 1962, and Bond is a code name, <laughs> and they've been constantly, like, like basically brainwashing every new bond into thinking he's the real james bond so um, this is this is jason Bourne means die another day this is lee tamahori's wet dream um <laughs> that's the title of the film lee tamahori's wet dream jesus christ I, honestly oh. this is the thing the reason i the reason i was sort of thinking about this uh is because there's this rumor and i mean it, just to catch people up if they're not familiar there's this rumor that genetic technology is going to be the dangerous new tech in the film and it seems pretty people are pretty confident on that because no one is questioning it anymore um doesn't mean it's true but first of all can we have like a moment of silence for genoma of a woman as the rumored (laughs) title which may be the worst thing i've ever heard it's Um, pretty fucking terrible so this is the thing if genoma of a woman was a lie then what can you really believe but (laughs) yeah um, (laughs) Yeah. but people are saying anyway people are saying it's going to be about genetic technology and the reason i was thinking about this question is because it's like there is just so much room to go wrong because it's one of those things where it is so bleeding edge that there is so little that we understand about it and it's going to be one of those things that eventually we will understand it it's not a technology that's going away it's built into our beings right yeah our genes and so we'll we'll eventually figure it all out and if the film goes too crazy sci-fi with it it's gonna look dated in a couple of years it's gonna Um, be die another day right exactly so like i trust scotty burns and phoebe waller bridge to have done something sensible with it and to have like called out this is dumb we can't do that because they're very very proven writers but yeah Purvis and Wade, man, <laughs> they could have thought of the craziest shit. And it could <laughs> well, have that's been... why I think they were, they, thank God they were the first people to have their hands on it and yeah. not the last. <laughs> I think they're great ideas per people, but all you need is a bad idea and then it just yeah. germinates and, and um, then you get genoma of a woman. But um, Yeah, then you get genoma of a woman. That's exactly right. I, but like, yeah, so I, I just thought it'd be fun to think of like ways the genetic thing could go wrong. It doesn't even have to be Doctor No. I mean, like I, there was a thread on um, on Twitter just today that I was, uh, you know, talking on. Go visit Twain Pod on Twitter. Uh, I'll just keep plugging it. Subtle but, plug um, there. Yeah, subtle. But uh, there's an account that you guys should be following. Uh, Time to Bond. He's a he's a fun guy, and he he basically proposed like, what if part of the villainous plot is you know this gene technology that rich people are using to keep themselves strong which is basically what diana the day did um that's what that whole little like island in cuba was yeah. and i remember reading forever ago that purpose and wade were really 
into that stuff. Like they really thought that stuff was interesting. <laughs> oh, and it really wasn't a big part of Dine of the Day. It's kind of in it for like uh, a, a segment of the movie because the movie doesn't really... Right. We, we, we always forget this, but it's about a diamond satellite in the sky. Um, <laughs> in case you weren't familiar. Um, that harnesses the power of the sun. Yes, exactly. And through a project it, called Icarus. Yeah, breathe it gently down onto the Earth's surface. Like, it's... <laughs> Crops year round. Oh man, I can just like oh love that God. movie. But um, imagine a second sun. Can Toby <laughs> like, Stevens please <laughs> return in this movie? Oh God, I'd love it. Toby Stevens is a gem. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it, damn it. Oh, diamond puns. All right. Uh, Holy crap. You, I can't. I can't indulge this fantasy. But anyway, but, but but what, what, what I was getting at was they seemed really fixated on this, like 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 medical technology being uh, developed in Cuba because that is a thing. Like they do have like a lot less regulation in Cuba, so people just you know can do stuff there, like right. uh, testing that they can't do in the states and elsewhere. And I think they really, from, from memory, I've read that they were very into that idea and it didn't really fully germinate in Die Another Day. It was just sort of hints of it. And so part of me is like, I bet they've been waiting to do this. I bet they've had this like gene idea in the back of their mind for 10 years and they're like, now we can finally fucking do it. If you look on the bright side, it could have been something that they've uh, perfected, you know? Right, they've exactly. they've held on yeah. to it for so long. But No, for sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being a, uh, I'm not saying that to like scare anyone. I think... If there's something that people are passionate about, I'm always, you know, go with your heart. It's better than writing yeah. something that you're not really that into because it shows. And this could be also unsubstantiated. The dangerous new technology could literally be like a missile. You know, we don't know. This is just a rumor that's about genes. And I think I, I was sort of like being ridiculous for the sake of um, comedic therapy. But yeah, there's plenty of cool stuff you can do with this as well. There's large margins for error when it comes to this subject matter, but there's also a lot of really interesting stuff that you can do that has potential to be very, very topical and also modern without being like... Honestly, I'm glad it's that. If it's going to be genes, I'm glad it's genes and not like, we've got a killer app or like we've got drones. Because <laughs> I think when we look back at this decade of films, the, the most like identifiably dated aspects of the films made now are going to be smartphones and drones i'm literally gonna gonna point to that scene in venom where the guys like release the drones i like these drones just honestly that's what that's like that's when like it dawned on me i was like wow this is what it's this is what it must have felt like in the late 80s early 90s when they were making all these like internet jokes um (laughs) and that's what that's what it's gonna feel like so i'm really glad they're not doing that at least because that would have been a disaster Maybe they still will. Like, imagine Who if, knows? Yeah. <laughs> imagine another worst case scenario is Rami Malek is playing a Jeff Bezos type character who has a fleet of Amazon-like drones. They, they have to rename the film to like Merchant of Death or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, oh, I can't shit. indulge this fantasy any longer. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, we're, we've gone way overboard on this. But anyways, guys, so uh, just kind of wrap things up here. We are fans of the title, No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I think I'm looking, not even I think, I'm looking forward to <laughs> uh, what the film brings us. I think we are predicting that the first trailer is going to drop on National James Bond Day, which, if I'm not mistaken, is in October, correct? Yep. The release yeah, of yeah, Dr. No? Yep. Uh, yeah, Global James Bond Day is October 5th. That would make sense. It would make uh, sense. They're they're less than a year out. They've got enough time to 
drop a teaser there. Uh, I was. And it's like thinking, when those full movies start coming out, and so yeah, it's pr- yeah. It's, it, it's primed to do that. And also, I I got to look back and see if Universal has a film dropping in October or something. But mm-hmm. I regardless, uh, I think that's when we can expect our first real. Uh, teaser trailer maybe a poster who knows i'm just very excited because bond is back baby and uh this it can only it can only go up from here so uh the most (laughs) important thing is we want to hear from you all we want to hear your thoughts and opinions on the title no time to die down in the comment section of wherever you are listening every time you say it i just it it immediately registers as a bond title that's always a good sign yeah (laughs) same i mean it's perfect it just it, it just slides right in there with the rest of them And uh, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. The words are not enough on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Stitcher, you know, there's a slew of them out there, whichever yours is. Be sure to subscribe to our show on there. And if you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a rating and a review as it greatly helps out the show. Let's us know what you like, what you don't like, and what we can improve upon going forward. Hopefully it'll be less uh, delusions of grandeur with gene therapy. Oh my. <laughs> Just random conversations <laughs> about that. But um, anyways, uh, thank you as always to... Uh, Brody for joining me. Where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at Brody Cervelli. If you're worried about how to spell that, it will be in the description. And uh, you can also follow the podcast, which I, I run the account for, at Twain Pod, which I've you know plugged a thousand times now. But in case you need one more plug, there it is. Uh, we have a lot of fun discussions on there. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice place to interact with people. And just basically, if you want all of my insane theories, but more direct, that's the place to go. Oh. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, definitely hit it up. I mean, I mean, he's consistently been been doing a great job of keeping our brand uh, alive <laughs> while we haven't recorded. Anyways, but yeah, be sure to check that out. And then also uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to the Film Speak channel for more interviews with industry professionals, movie reviews, and all that stuff if you are watching this on YouTube. Uh, we've got David Arnold and Danny Boyle coming your way real soon, and I'm sure we'll have some more Bond-centric conversations. Uh, I mean, just look what happened today. We went from updates to titles to the legacy to just wild, insane theories about Bond 25. So hopefully <laughs> this gives you a taste of where we are looking to take the show uh kind of like in a, in a controlled chaotic manner so yeah anyways if if you like me specifically and you like what i have to say you can give me a follow on twitter at griff schiller all right thanks for sticking with us and thanks for checking out this episode we will catch you next time take care I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kenny the Car Man. Hurry up and save at the all new R Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R Town Ford. Hi, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kenny the Car Man. Hurry up and save at the all new R Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R Town Ford.